Hello guys, I am Ricardo de la Blanca. During the last 20 years, I've been working in different parts of the world where I met very interesting people. People who accomplish what seems impossible. People who make mistakes. Fun and passionate people. People from whom we are going to learn what no school or university can teach. We're going to learn from leaders. My lovely Margaret, I'm so, so, so happy that you accept to be in this series of calls that, as you know, are trying to change the mindset of the people during this crazy pandemic time. Also, oh my God, the situation about this racial thing in the U.S. is, is absolutely, you know, it's like a perfect nightmare. In fact, it was funny, to say nothing. Uh, that uh, two days ago I received a post that says, okay, welcome to June. You are in the level six of Jumanji because it's literally, <laughs> so, it's so crazy that I don't know. Uh, uh, there is another post that is the, the people in March, in March uh, wait, wait, is this still June? We are coming soon. So whatever can happen this year. But the important thing, Margaret, is uh, that I'm super happy that a smart person like you, fantastic entrepreneurs and human beings, are running now in the political arena. I really, really pray God to keep more people like you joining this field. Because in the past, my lovely Margaret, we let this space just to people that yes, politician, I'm not gonna say anything bad, but I really believe in the power of entrepreneurs. We met in Harvard, what a better place to meet. And we immediately connect through something, I don't know if you remember, but the case of Italy. Italian politics, exactly. how can I forget? Exactly, so it's so beautiful that even though we are both entrepreneurs, we have this passion for this field. So, and, and this was maybe two or three years ago, and it's beautiful that now you are running for Congress in the United States. So it's fantastic, fantastic. and I want you to please also talk about that. But today, Margaret, the idea is to learn more about your life because, um, it's important to show the world that leaders, people that we admire, have been in very tough situation before and has been the beautiful, positive attitude, the passion that they make every single day, what made them successful and not start, you know, keep there crying and complaining. So, Margaret, I love you. Thank you for being these calls. And please tell us your story. Well, first, thank you so much for having me here. Thank you, Ricardo. This is wonderful. You are a true friend. And yes, from the moment we met at Harvard over Italian politics, we instantly connected because you and I were the only two voices going, wait a second, let's take a look. You've got this extreme, you've got that extreme, where's the middle? But at the end of the day, right, it's also about finding balance and finding harmony in life. Um, so thank you for having me. And uh, in terms of my story, you know, I'm just a girl who's trying to change the world. What can I say? What better? <laughs> so you grew up. In, so you you born and grew up in New York, or where exactly? Um, so I am from both Milford, Connecticut, and New York City. I've spent my whole life going back and forth like a human ping pong. Um, my family is actually well. My children are sixth generation to the town I live in here in Milford, Connecticut, and I am. Uh, my house is next door to the house I grew up in from the time I was eight, and two blocks away from the house I was born into. Um, but at the same time, I also have been in New York my whole life. Um, my businesses have typically uh, focused in New York, 
Uh, so the core of my business has been there, but I do have four development projects here in, in district in, in Connecticut. And I also have projects in Indiana, Florida, North Carolina. I've done something. Oh, I have something in Arkansas. I've done something in Arizona. Wow. So I try and be national. Um, and at the end of the day, I also have four children. Uh, and wow. you know, they're the reason that I wake up in the morning and what keep me going. Um, but at the end of the day too, you have to like what you do. And while 90% of your life might be grunt work, uh, the idea of waking up and having passion and excitement and interest in what you do is so important um, because it's your life and you're the only one who gets to live it. So we have however many circles around the sun we get and I wanna make the most of it. Um, I would love to live to be 104. People always say, why 104? I said, well, up until then, it's a very rich, full life. Past that, maybe it's a little greedy. And we'll reassess at 104. But I want to wake up every day and have some meaning and have some purpose and try and leave the world a better place than when I came. I love, but let me go in detail because it's incredible. So four kids running a company in different states. So make, let me tell you one thing, because I came from Venezuela and in Venezuela, you can have a lot of employees and at the end of the day, it's not so expensive. They don't challenge every single place, but having a company here, even a small company is super complex, but you have several in huge products, in huge cities and in different projects. So it's, it's, a, it's a really, really important thing. So I, I, let us know a little bit more about this field. Um, okay, well, I guess one of my management principles has always been to empower people. Um, so whatever you're hired to do, please do it. And if you make mistakes, that's fine. Everybody makes a mistake, but I will hold you accountable. So I was actually talking about this yesterday with someone. Um, so any manager in my company, and you know, it depends on what level you are, has the ability to make a decision. Let's say that levels can make any decision up to $500. And frankly, anyone in my company can make a decision. If you have to ask your supervisor for a decision that's under $500 and you've been told make every decision up to that amount, well, then you're not managing anything. You're just relaying. I want people to feel that they can make the choices within the guidelines they're given but then have the accountability to do so. And I think that that helps grow the people. Um, and then, you know, they may outgrow their position and move on to other companies and that's great. So I take particular pride in when I have employees, I hire people, I help them learn and grow and assume a role perhaps, you know, greater than they were entirely comfortable with when they first started and then they move on. Um, and people who have worked for me have gone on to start their own companies, to lead other companies, and it's fantastic. I love it. Uh, and people say, oh, but then you don't keep them, you don't keep them. Well, I don't keep them anyway. They're their own person. Go, free, you know, like grow, do better. So I love it. I, 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 Sorry, I, there's a truck, a fire truck going by. <laughs> I love what you mentioned, and, and I also remember, I'm really grateful, because you invited me to one beautiful event that you made in New York. I think that your father is also working really hard in the same line of giving back. And tell us a little bit more about the foundation, Margaret. The foundation. Oh, okay, so you're talking about the Striker Center. Um, so that is uh, associated with Temple Emanuel, the largest uh, Jewish house of worship in the world, which I'm also a trustee at. And that... Uh, has to do with bringing together people to think through ideas. So there was an entire political series, there's been a series on food, there's been a series on people who have helped shape the 20th and 21st century. Um, and it's really about 
the uh, cultural and intellectual aspects of what helped make New York and our country great. Um, unfortunately, because of COVID, we had to cancel, but we were going to have Theresa May and Vicente Fox join us along with Arun Barak. Uh, and that would have been just absolutely fantastic to have you know, a former president of Mexico, uh, Theresa May, who we all know, and then Arun Barak, who's the former prime minister of Israel, join. I mean, it, it's, it's about bringing people together and allowing them to have an open format, to have uh, somewhat casual, I mean, it's clearly curated, but somewhat casual conversations about choices that they've made and how they've helped uh, govern or change. Uh, we've also brought in Salman Rushdie, who's clearly a very famous author, um, and being, uh, how, how do I say this, um, bringing disparate voices together so that you can hear the perspective. And it's been an absolutely tremendous and wonderful experience. Um, amazing, amazing. Is 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 I love. I I what I didn't know before all this call that you have been super. So I know about what you are doing in social, but I didn't know that you have this huge passion. This makes sense with the success of your companies because when you really empower people and we really let them be creative, this uh, this is space. I think that we were together studying the case of black checks that when, when we really give responsibility and and we let the the team okay. This amount of money that you have, these responsibility, you do whatever you think is, is the best. They really put the best. If we are like, you know, fathers that like, no, don't do this and that, they at the end of the day, it's like a robots. They don't bring anything new to the table. So I I I really like it, this way of thinking. And this is something that you have also thought for the government, Margaret. How how do you combine this entrepreneurial part and also this? empower because then I'm, i would like to also talk about women because you are also a woman you're a mother you're an entrepreneur you are so it's so many things but t tell me tell me bringing or, or, or coming from these two backgrounds empowering people and uh, entrepreneurship how do you ambition your your government um okay well so a I believe in personal responsibility and personal authority, right? Each person has their own mind. It's their God-given gift to use it how they need. Um, and so with that, you know, government is obviously much more structured than entrepreneurs. And I do have to respect that. Um, what my position would be running for United States Congress is to represent the people. I'm running against a 30-year incumbent. And inherently, that's wrong. You are no longer in touch with the people 30 years later. This aspect of the government, I believe there should be term limits for. I have my own opinions I'll keep out on what they should be and how I would structure it. But um, at the end of the day, it is a position where if you are so lucky, you have the opportunity to serve. And you serve for a period of time and then you move on and allow for the next generation or the new voices. And I don't necessarily mean people younger, but I do mean the next generation of leaders. Uh, and so after 30 years, it's simply, it's time to make a change. Now, in terms of what that means for me, I am hugely um, in favor of small businesses. They're the backbone of our nation. I also, uh, I'm an adjunct professor at Columbia University in the real estate graduate school, and I teach entrepreneurship through real estate development. Um, it, it's a moment in United States history where we think of business as big business. That's not the history of who we are. And frankly, a vast majority of us are still small businesses. We are the backbone. And so teaching people and kind of helping them to perform better and how to grow businesses um, of all kinds. 
uh, and I have mentored in the tech field. I have mentored, frankly, in the exterminating field. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but I was, it wasn't about exterminating. It was about, okay, how do you start applying technology to help manage your people better? Because when you start backing up a lot of these things, it's the, the business of managing businesses. And so in terms of government, my thought is, is that I have done asset repositioning and kind of turnarounds in the real estate field for my career. Um, we are at a moment in time, frankly, where I think some of our government needs a little bit asset repositioning. And I was a couple weeks away from launching my next student housing fund. And there was a moment, uh, Governor Cuomo kind of, I, as far as I can tell, you know, got into a room with himself, his hand in a mirror, and the three of them got together and decided how to fundamentally upend an entire industry. I then wrote an open letter, which got published, um, saying, you know, here's the effect of what you've done. By not reaching out to the industry, you have, you know, devalued billions of dollars worth of New York real estate. You have likely ended 100,000 plus jobs. And here's the ramifications in the construction industry for the architects, for the brokers, for the tenants themselves, for the people you're trying to help. Here's how it will ultimately hurt them. Um, and I said, you know what? The world doesn't need another student housing fund from some random woman. I need to try and I need to raise my hand and offer to try and do better. Uh, and so that's what I did. And so I then spent about six months making sure it was right for my kids and that you know they could handle the stresses of what this would mean. And then away we went. I love it, Margaret, and I'm 100% sure you're going to be the next Congress for sure. <laughs> okay, Margaret, I need to jump in the question because at, uh, when, when we make these interviews, what I'm trying to make kind of if, um, common things between leaders, no? So um, I know you're, you're a woman, but I need to ask you your age. How old are you? <laughs> 22. Okay, 22. Okay. <laughs> Super. One question, Margaret. Do you remember when was the first time that you make money? One dollar. At what age you, you had at this time? Um, well, I've been doing this since I was a kid. So I would say eight years old. Um, I started catching fish and selling them to the fish store. Um, then my best friend and I across the street, we found broken car windows because um, you know people used to break the car windows and we would collect them and try and sell them for pennies as diamonds so that didn't work out so well um, I also made stationery you know with the potato stamps I don't know if anyone remembers that you carve up a potato and then you put it in paint and then so we made stationery and I would go door to door up here in Connecticut trying to sell my stationery that was I was about nine or ten years old and then of course the lemonade stands but my first it. job um, I started working when I was in seventh grade so I would have been 12 years old uh, I started helping out after school, like managing the first and second graders, so the seven and eight-year-olds. So my first job uh, was that, and my school paid me to do that until they realized I didn't have my working papers and the bank wouldn't cash my checks because I was underage. Uh, and so that ended for a little while. Um, so I've been working my whole life. Fantastic. And it's something that all the leaders that I interview have in common. They start very early understanding the value of money and without, it's not about efforts, it's that they have this willing to do, those, to do something, to be pr productive. I love it. So um, the first entrepreneurial thing that you had, uh, maybe is one of these examples, but do you have any friends or do you, a little bit more formal, at what age you start making the, what you can call the first company you had? Um, the first company I had, uh, like an official company, I was in graduate school, a friend um, and I started a company called MS Squared 
because I was Margaret Stryker and all, his name was MS as well. Uh, and so the two of us formed a company and we did a, a four fee development project where we were hired. We didn't own the building, but we were hired to turn around a building in New York City in the garment industry. Um, and so we did that uh, while I was in graduate school. I love it. Okay, uh, now every single leader have many uh, success, but also they have, uh, you know, failures. What do you consider is one thing that you get in your life that, okay, this is a failure I have? Um, you know, there's so many to choose from. <laughs> I, I, let me stop you that right there, Margaret. You have no idea. Every single leader have the same attitude. They are totally free, totally uh, cool. And in fact, it's, the same, oh, it's, it's crazy. If you saw the other interviews, they, they, did exact, they did exactly the same. Oh my God, I have so many that I can, so, but, but I love, I love that you have this humble and you understand that it's a normal things to happen. So when you are doing something and, and mostly when you are creating something, it's super difficult. It's almost impossible to be 100% sure always. So it's normal that these kind of things, and, and I want the people that are listening that understand that people are not defined by the past. People are defined by what, what everything that they are doing. So the fact is just to learn. It's an experience, but it's not what defines you. So, but tell me, please, what is the... So, so I have had some tremendous, uh, we'll say not failures, but, you know, tremendous learning lessons that have played out very publicly. Like you can Google them and find them in the New York Times and whatever. And I'm going to put that to the side for the moment. But I will give you a much smaller example. And the reason why is because the details don't matter. But the point is, is that this can happen to anyone. On Monday, I went on live radio on La Bomba. I've never been inside a radio station before. I was on live radio. They have 400,000 people listening. Oh and I was doing the interview in Spanish. Now, I speak Spanish, but Spanish is not my native language. But Spanish is not my native language. And you know, I'm walking into a studio, 400,000 people are listening to me talk. And, you know, she's just like, <laughs> and I was, you know, <laughs> I go a little slower. Um, and I was doing the interview fine. And then they asked one question about my economic policy. And all of a sudden I said, you know, time out. Can I switch into English? And I switched into English on Spanish radio. And I did that for maybe two minutes. And then I said, okay, now I've collected myself. I can switch back into Spanish. And I finished up the interview in Spanish. And so that's that. Again, like, it's not a failure. It's not the end of the world by any stretch. But at the same time, you know, am I my 100% best? No. But at this, I think what's important is that you try and people understand, right? You go and you push yourself and you're always trying to excel and do better and do more and, um, expand and reach new people and try and the effort of trying is often what people appreciate more than whether or not you've even achieved the goal with that said i'm going to achieve this goal when i run for congress <laughs> let me tell you one thing this what you mentioned is so beautiful because when what you are showing is that number one you are not afraid to show who you are, you are putting a lot of effort to connect with people that maybe don't understand English. It's, it's normal. So you are making the effort to make them understand what you're trying to do. This is beautiful. And you are not a, a, a afraid that you don't have a perfect Spanish. Imagine my English is a disaster. But you know what? At the, end the, at the end of the day, the important thing is the ideas that you have in, in your mind and the kindness that you can, you can share. These are the important things. That you don't have a personal accent in this language or in the other, it doesn't matter. But the important thing is that is that this, 
effort, that you are not afraid, that you are brave, and you are doing whatever to be close to people. This is the important thing in life. And I, and I love what you did in this case. And, and about your success, what, is it, what do you consider is the best success in your life? Um, the, the children. I mean, how, how can you not? Any parent has to say that. Exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I, I have four children. I mean, what else do I need? I don't need to, um, you know. 100%. And, and, <laughs> and I believe that as well as me, I think that we do whatever we can to, to even this kind of thing that we're doing. At the end of the day, I hope my kids are listening to this conversation and learn from you. And from this kind of experience, because so whatever we do in some way or the other, you jumping for, for Congress, oh my God, in some way you are trying to make a better country for them. So it's, it's, it's true. It's the most important thing in, in the life of any single parent. So 100%. Okay, Mar uh, Margaret, one question. Do you have an amount of money to stop working or you're going to do it forever? So that's funny. So I've, I've heard that um, my whole life. Everyone's like, oh, what's your, you know, FU number? And I was like, how do you have one that doesn't make any sense you you i i'm not someone that will ever just say like oh here's my number walk away i in some ways said okay i am going to take a step back from making money so i can run for congress clearly this is not a you know profit center for me at all um so it's about a moment in time and it's about do you have the ability to pay for your groceries and live however you need to live and if the answer is yes then you do have the freedom to, um, and it's, it's a lucky freedom that not everybody has the opportunity to do, but if, if you can do that, then how do you want to spend your time? Um, and again, this is how many days are you going to circle the sun? Um, and so I am never going to apologize for making money. I work very hard, and when I make it, I feel that I earn it, and that's good. So I know there's a moment in time right now about the socialism and the redistribution of wealth, you will never hear me apologize for being successful. I think we should all strive to be successful. And I don't begrudge, you know, people who have more than I do. I will never do that. I don't count what's in other people's pockets. And actually, I think that makes me a better entrepreneur. So I have been able, and Ricardo, you saw this, I am recently a solid negotiator. I don't want to, you know, brag, but I have been able to structure and cut deals in business that many others can't. And really one of the reasons why is I don't count their profit. If they are able and smart enough or lucky enough or whatever it may be to, you know, do better on a particular deal than me, then that's their business, not mine. As long as I can cut the deal that I'm confident and happy with, then that's good. Um, and so part of this is about understanding that we are all part of a community, but I don't um, envy and I don't greed in terms of other people's good fortunes. I celebrate theirs, and I hope that they can celebrate mine. You know, you know what looks like a something normal, but it's very, very powerful what you just mentioned, because it's true. So many times we're making decisions uh, because, oh, no, no, I'm not gonna be that. If you're gonna make this amount of money, let's better, don't do, even, even if it's something good for me, so many yeah. times we stop it because it's gonna make even better for them. No, no, in this case, it's just stupid. It's absolutely stupid. So I, I, I love that you are smart enough to understand that who cares? And I, I'm exactly like you. So I love to have friends, billionaires, and super successful because if they're my friends, I can learn from them. I can go to the parties. I can go. Away. So it's fantastic. It's opportunities. Why not? So I'm well, you need to invite me to those parties. Let's go. Let's go. So it's beautiful. You know what? The other day it was funny because I don't know if it wasn't the case or this one of Italy. 
and uh, when uh, the story of Berlusconi appear of the parties, I'm a really good friend of the guy, the kid, that is the one making the party for Berlusconi. So this guy, he knows how to party. Well, let's talk about this later. So, <laughs> okay, what is the best advice, my lovely Margaret, that someone gave you? The best advice is be true to yourself. At the end of the day, you will always wake up with yourself and go to sleep with yourself. And you have to be comfortable in the choices you make in the life you lead. And um, continue to find inspiration, right? You, you want to live a, a life worth living, a life with meaning, a life with purpose. And one also, not just with purpose for somebody else, but with purpose for yourself. So it doesn't matter how, quote, big or how small your life is, but lead a life that means something to you. Love it. Um, someone that is um, an inspiration or a legend for you? Oh, catch me off guard. An inspiration or a legend. Um, There's so many. Um, I, I think it would be corny for me to speak about my own family, so I, I won't, but um, probably. Well, yeah. you have a father, you have a father that's a real, even for me, so it's a, it's a real inspiration, so you can mention yeah, it. Yeah, so um, certainly my father, but actually also my grandmother. I have a grandmother, she's gonna be 99 this summer, and she grew oh up gosh, in a extraordinarily huh? <laughs> different time. Um, you know, she wanted to get married at 18 and her father wouldn't let her. So she waited until her 19th birthday and she eloped on her 19th birthday um, because she wasn't 18 anymore. And she grew up in an extraordinarily different time. Um, and I was, I graduated grad school many years ago and that same week I actually got engaged. And so she had sent me um, a check because I was the first person, um, you know, in, of her granddaughters to, to graduate a graduate degree and she sent me a check and then she um, immediately called and she said okay you know ask your fiance how you should invest it right because it was no longer my position oh as my a God. woman I was about to get married and I was like okay but she comes from such a different place but I I love her and she's such an inspiration she's led such an extraordinarily life an extraordinarily interesting life different life um, and meaningful life. And, you know, at the same time, she has never had a job in her life, you know, under, you know, classic terms. It's just a very different way of being, but uh, she's an inspiration. Love it. Uh, how many days you make exercise, Margaret? Uh, five to six. Love it. Yeah, all, I did uh, four miles this morning. Successful people, successful people really take care of their body. Uh, you, did you eat healthy? Um, I exercise. <laughs> okay. 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 This is why you make it. Okay. 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 It's valid. It's valid. Okay. At what, at what time do you go to sleep? Uh, maybe eleven thirty or so every evening. Uh, and I generally I'll, I'll wake up six thirty-seven. Yeah. So again, leaders wake up really early. Okay. Uh, now you need to tell me one book that you recommend. Just one. If you need to recommend me just one. Um. So. Gabriel Garcia Marquez, 100 Years of Solitude. Wow. But you know what? It's, oh, my God. It's so shocking. All the leaders are the same. Oh, my God. So I, I'm, I'm not a leader because I, I was in the same field. I'm super ashamed because all my friends, all the people that I interview, they are really telling me books, very deep, 
very not for business for more for kind of a you know different fields more 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 emotional things than tactical things also and uh, is, is yeah so i i have you know stacks i mean from harvard whatever we have stacks and stacks and stacks of business books um maybe i'll flip through them in my office i don't read them you know i'll pick up a chapter but i don't read those business books the how-to books it's for me, if I'm reading, I want to enjoy. Now, I went back and I read 1984, George Orwell 1984, because some of what's going on in our government these days feels very uh, Orwellian, if you will. Um, and so there are moments, but I really only read fiction. And I can read the John Grishams at the airport. I can read whatever. I tend to like the spy ones or the intrigue ones a little more than the, you know, romance. But um, but for me, I enjoy fiction. I enjoy the character evolution and things like that. Nice, nice. Okay, and the last question, Margaret, you need to give us an advice for the people during this crazy time of pandemic and, you know, revolution or whatever. So, what is the advice? Um, is to keep your head and keep your senses. Um, and I actually, I feel compelled because I am, you know, running for office, that uh, here in America, we have the right and also the obligation to speak up where we see injustices and discrimination and intolerances based on color of skin, ethnic backgrounds, you know, sexual preferences or any other ideology, ideologies uh, cannot be tolerated in an open and free society. But with that said, I support the police, I support the military. However, where there are injustices there, those individuals can and should be held accountable and you know the full weight of our laws should be brought to bear upon them. Um, so with the obligation to speak up, we also have to do this in peace. And I'm going to attend a peace um, rally later today. Uh, there is no place for rioting, there's no place for looting, and there is nothing good that can come from kind of escalating destruction. Um, but I do support you know, equal opportunity for all. I think that there are clearly opportunities for us as a society to do better, and we can and should be working to do better. Um, so, one hundred percent with you, Margaret. I love you. I wish you to win, and you are going to make it. I'm one hundred percent sure. So let's celebrate soon. Strike One hundred percent. Send me the, the, the image. I'm going to put it right here in the, in the screen. Okay. So, thanks again for being here. Congrats and be safe. And again, love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you Take for care. having me. This is wonderful. Take, Take care. care.